Happy New Year, Layover family. We have been on a bit of a hiatus, I know, but we are back and we have so much to catch up on. I hope you all are easing into the new year as peacefully as you possibly can. We are absolutely thrilled to dive into a new pool of topic, questions, and book recommendations. If you're not already subscribed, go to thelayover.com to get our newsletter straight in your inbox. Today, we'll be closing out last month's theme, Endings, with episode 27. So without further ado, in episode 27... Jamila shares a story about the strenuous journey of undoing and ending destructive beliefs about beauty, validation, and self. I hope you all enjoy episode 27, The Undoing. For most people, the word sisterhood brings images of instant friendships, secret languages, and shared wardrobes. But for me, the word for a long time brought up a cacophony of mixed emotions. For a large part of my formative years, at least. But don't get me wrong, I've always loved my sisters, and they've always loved me. But it was my own insecurities and the lies I had internalised that almost tore us apart. I have four sisters, and we are all a year apart except the youngest, who is five years younger than I am. It is a running joke in the family that I am the real youngest, and she came along to steal my shine. We joke about it because she's much more studious and academic than I am. They call me the artist of the family, who enjoys more leisurely activities. Sisterhood is a complicated bond. You are the exact same combination of two humans and yet are all completely different in looks and in personality. Not all sisters are pre-programmed best friends as the world will have you believe. This isn't all instinctive. The relationship as all relationships requires work. This is something our parents reminded us at every chance they got. Your sisters are the only ones who will have your back. No one else. They will always cover up for you in any situation, they would say. We would laugh amongst ourselves as we mimicked the quotable speech we heard a thousand times. We were younger and had lived sheltered lives. And life had not yet thrust us into any emotional hardship. We had no idea what they could possibly mean. We were still very happy rocking up to large family functions in matching outfits looking like a generic 90s girl group, waiting for our adoring fans to address us. We were all similar in height and size. We were pretty indistinguishable at the time. And we were always getting invited to something or another. To auditions for a local ad, to be part of a children's fashion show. It was always something and it was always fun. But as time went on, I outgrew the others, slowly. It was so slow that I was completely oblivious to it. But if you know anything about the African community, you will know that my ignorance was short-lived. Because subtlety and delicacy when it comes to handling children is not something they understand. I was to be met with a rude awakening by members of my extended family and even complete strangers who would comment on my weight while comparing me to my sister's. Comments like, you're the size of all your sisters combined. Is your mother feeding you fertilizer, they would say. I remember overhearing an interaction with my mother and one of her friends in our living room one day. Mary, she can't be one of the flower girls. She's twice the size of the other girls. Do you want everybody to laugh at her? Your other daughters can be on the train, but not her. I remember my mother insisting and saying that my other sisters couldn't do it if I couldn't. 
I knew how much my sisters wanted to be part of the wedding party. So I bit my tongue and walked up to them and pretended I thought being a flower girl wasn't cool. My mother saw that I was acting, but she let them go ahead. On the day of the wedding, as they walked down the aisle and I looked away in order not to be affected, she yanked my arm and said, hold your head up high, you are who you are. The teenage years were my hardest years. The incidents were occurring more often and I was growing bigger with each year that passed. And I was growing more resentful and more reclusive as well. The attention of boys were at the forefront of my mind, and while my sisters and I would sit and laugh and chat about who the boys we had crushes on, deep down at the back of my mind, I secretly wondered who would ever choose me over them. I remember when one of my sisters moved from her school at the time to mine. I was so happy to have my big sister in my school, but my happiness was quickly quenched when I heard a boy I had a crush on say to his friend at the time, that's her sister, what happened to her? It crushed me. I longed for someone to see the real me beyond how I looked in comparison to others, just me. I confided in my mother about how ugly I felt, how insignificant and how I wished I was beautiful. And how if I was beautiful, my problems would go away. She held me and she told me how she wished I could see myself the way she saw me. How special, how funny I was and how I was the life of the party. Her words didn't change how I felt. I didn't feel that way. I remember feeling a change in myself that day. I was tired of being compared to my sisters. I wanted to create a different system. I wanted to create a different genre of person. If I couldn't be beautiful, I could be cool. The cool, aloof one. I would be totally different from them. I would be defined by a totally different system, an incomparable system. Who needs beauty when you can be cool, I said. I was still full of blame and full of resentment. I blamed my sisters for accepting to be better than I was. I blamed my parents for making them more beautiful than I, and I blamed myself ultimately for falling short. From that moment, I refused to take any pictures. Any pictures with them or anyone else for that matter. I wanted no reminder of what I looked like. I refused to share friends with them. I wanted a separate existence completely. Up until then, we had shared everything. But now I wanted all ties to be severed. I kept them at arm's length. I wanted my life outside my home to be sister-free, comparison-free. On the weekends and on longer holidays, I would go days without stepping foot outside of my room. I would exchange words with no one. I wasn't interested in being close to anyone. They had each other and I was protecting myself. But on some nights, my mother would come into my room in the dead of night, knowing fully well that I was pretending to be asleep. And she would whisper to me, Jamila, you are who you are. I had no clue what she was trying to say. I knew she was trying to be helpful, but it didn't feel helpful. It wasn't the magic wand she thought it was going to be to change me, to fix my sadness. Because it didn't. After university, I moved to New York. I had moved as far away from my family as I could. 
I shaped my entire personality around being self-reliant. But I still found myself comparing who I was to everyone around me. That's the thing with insecurity. It doesn't just stop with one subject. It grows. I had learned to live with insecurity as a second skin. And I was in a dark and destructive place. It was so corrosive. It was eating me from the inside out. The voices of comparison were growing louder and louder. And I was running away from every friendship and relationship because I felt unworthy and therefore was not valuable. So I ran. I felt it was the only way to cope, to run, to be alone. But one day I was on my way to catch the F train and I saw a quote on a stranger's shirt and it read, What a strange illusion it is to suppose that beauty means goodness. I couldn't shake the quote from my head, so I googled it and I saw it was from Leo Tolstoy. I sat on the filthy subway cart and felt like there was an undoing happening, an unraveling from years of pressure. It felt like a eureka moment. You are more than what you look like. You are valuable because of who you are. You are valuable because you are created by God, not just because someone thinks you are pleasing. You are good. You are who you are. At that moment, something inside me changed. I could feel it. I was no longer going to be a victim. I was going to end all my negative thinking. I was going to divorce the idea that people's approval of me was equal to my value. I decided my value, not external forces. I called each one of my sisters and we had a heart to heart and I spoke to them about how I was choosing to break down my walls and actively end the internal conflict. And I apologized to them. I promised them that I would consciously work on my relationships with each and every one of them. And that if they ever felt me slipping away, they had every right to confront me about it immediately. That's what sisterhood is about. We are all still on the journey. And I'm still learning to break down my walls, but I would not have asked for a more patient and forgiving and supportive bunch. Thank you all so much for listening to episode 27 of the Layover Podcast. To find more from Jamila, you can find her on Instagram and Twitter with the same username, J-A-M-I-K-A-R-O. If you're not already subscribed to the Layover newsletter, please go to layover.com. And to submit a story for January, you can go to thelayover.com slash submit starting tomorrow evening. January's theme will be announced. I know we only have two more weeks, but that doesn't mean we can't stack up on these stories. If you love the podcast, if you like the newsletter, please share, comment, subscribe. It helps. Every little thing helps. I hope you all have a lovely rest of the weekend and we will see you all next week.